The Catholic Church is one of, if not the longest continually running bureaucracies in the world. And so therefore, there are some tried and true ways upon which we can trod in order to get power in the church or to have something done for us. For most people, if you show up every Sunday at Mass and you get to know Father on a first-name basis, he will call you at some point to invite you to do something. If you want to be a godparent or something along those lines, you just need a priest to sign a piece of paper. Or... One thing we can always turn to as well is to, is to look at our authority because I've been in this parish or this ministry or this job for X number of years or even more so I've given this much amount of money. Therefore, I have some sort of authority. And this, this happens all the time in the church. People get authority because they know how to acquire it and how, maybe even more so, to hold on to it. When we look at Jesus and his example, how does Jesus and whom does Jesus empower? How does Jesus empower? How does he give authority? He encounters people one-on-one. He loves them. He looks into their eyes and into the depths of their soul with love. He speaks the truth into their life and invites them to new life. In today's gospel, which admittedly is one of the longest gospels of the liturgical year, we hear the story of the Samaritan woman, who if we look at her from the perspective of someone who should be empowered, she is the opposite of that. She is not Jewish. So therefore, she is not a member of the chosen people or of those who are believers. Not only that, but she's ostracized from her own community. Why does someone go to the well at noon? Because nobody else is going to be there. Even more so, she's an adulterer. She's been married five times. All of those things would seemingly put her outside of the nexus of authority within the church. And it is precisely to her that Jesus goes and empowers. And she meets Jesus in the depths of her soul. And in the depths of her soul, she encounters the infinite depths of God's love for her. And so she is willing to go and to share that, to share the goodness of God, to be his disciple and spokesperson. She wants to share what she has encountered. And this is how Jesus empowers. And thinking about this throughout the course of the week, what would it look like in our church if instead of the earthly authority that we have, we've been in the parish for this number of years, we have this much money, we have this kind of degree or whatever, we're good friends with the priest. If we, instead of empowering people that way, what if we empowered people based on the depth of their love and encounter with Christ Jesus. How much different, perhaps, the church would look if our authority came from the love of God and our willingness to seek conversion in every moment of our life. 
What if instead of saying, here's a piece of paper, go have your confirmation or baptismal sponsor fill this out, we said, who's the person in your life who has committed his or her life fully to Jesus? That's your sponsor. Start walking with that person on the path of holiness and righteousness. I look at my own life, and my godfather is also my confirmation sponsor. I don't know if he's been to church in his adult life on his own. And that makes me sad. That makes me sad. Because that's the person who I chose for confirmation, my parents chose for baptism, who's supposed to be guiding me and leading me. But here's the beauty of it all. Regardless of where we are, if we are super close to the Lord or far from Him, God desires to offer us even more. Because as we heard in the gospel, He offers us life-giving water. Water that will quench the deepest thirst of our soul. We are constantly desiring and in need of this water. We want it more than anything else in the world. But we must come to the Lord and seek after Him and drink what He offers to us. And here's the challenge, too is that God often finds us not in our mountaintop moments, but in the valley, in the depths. And if we have authority, it's because we've encountered God there and allowed him to lead us forward. I say that to you as a priest. Obviously, as a priest, because of the sacrament of holy orders, I have power and authority that is given to me by Christ in his church. It is Christ's authority. It is not my own. We've seen what happens when priests use the authority given to them by Christ for their own ends and not for the glory of God and the building up of his kingdom. But there are things that I can do. Blessing, turning water, or, excuse me, bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus that I've been given that authority by Christ. But if I have any authority in your life, it's because I've met Jesus in the depths of the worst parts of my life. I was thinking about this this week. We had a great speaker on Monday, and he was talking about your story. And I was thinking about how um, in my life, from April into October of the year 2008, my life radically changed. In April of 2008, I had everything that I thought would make me happy, and I was miserable. I was alone. I was totally isolated. And yet I had these relationships and I had parties to go to. And I was soothing that ache in my heart with all the wrong things that was leading to serious sin repeatedly. And in the depths of that point in my life is where Jesus found me. And I'd love to say to you it was like this woman in the gospel. There was an immediate response. It took a while for me to come out of that, as it does for most of us. Remember, St. Paul spent seven years in Damascus before he went out preaching. He had the most beautiful conversion of all time. Still took him seven years to get his feet underneath him. But in that time, God came to me and kept offering me the life-giving water. And just as wonderfully during that time, our Blessed Mother Mary came to me, not in any sort of elocution or vision, but through the daily praying of the rosary. She kept holding my hand and bringing me closer and closer, inviting me to take the next step. And all of a sudden, in that time in my life, and if you're wondering uh, how terrible it was, it, I mean, it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. My best friend's here today. He can verify those stories, but his daughter's with him, so he's not going to give you details. Um, 
But in that time, God just kept coming to me and offering me and inviting me. And it wasn't like, hey, do these crazy things. He's like, I'm giving you what you need. And what do I need? I need Jesus. And brothers and sisters, where is Jesus? He is here in the Eucharist. He offers himself to us. And his love is so perfect and so beautiful and so unashamed and unabashed, he holds nothing back from us. And he loves us so much that no matter how broken we are, if we go to him in the sacrament of confession with a sincere and contrite heart, he will take all of those sins away from us and set us free. He comes to us and empowers us in and through our brokenness. And this is why it's so important, and we heard it in the second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. We hear of this wonderful virtue of hope. I don't know where any of you are in your life right now, but Jesus loves you, and there is hope for you. I don't know where you are in your faith. I don't know if you even are open right now to God's love in your life. But there is hope for each and every one of you. And not only each and every one of you, but for every single person on earth. St. Paul said this so beautifully, hope does not disappoint. Because of what Jesus did for us, the righteous one dying for the unrighteous, the sinless one dying for those who have sinned, at every moment in our life, we can be transformed and renewed through the life-giving water of Jesus Christ and empowered and made whole. The Lord desires you. He loves you. He is calling you to himself. And not only that, he wants to work miraculous and powerful healing, renewal and conversion in your life so that even through your brokenness, you can go out like the Samaritan woman to the ends of the earth declaring the glory of God. The apostles spent three years with Jesus and they abandoned him in his hour of need because they never quite opened their hearts until Jesus came back from the dead. This Samaritan woman encounters him at the well, opens her heart, and is bringing people to Jesus in droves. Doesn't matter your gifts or your skills or your authority or whatever. Jesus loves you. He's calling, him to, he's calling you to himself He's offering what you need to be a saint. Open your heart to him. Invite him in and experience the depths, the infinite depths of his love and mercy.